chapter 9, number 1 verse. We'll start there for a second, and then we'll contemplate something here. Everybody ready? You need a book? No, I can't see it. I can't see it. I got you. Okay, and, uh, and it says that, and, and as Jesus passed, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Alright. We'll take a look at the prayer list. Uh, just think about that verse. Um, <clears throat> we're praying for uh, Larry McCoy for blessings. We're praying for uh, for um, Mike, you know, Bob's son, because of the traumatic uh, and early death of his sister and all those that are traveling to uh, California for the memorial service and for the family members in the north that need salvation and and uh, take uh, for the salvation of European and the correct leaders, is that? Yeah, pray for them. The pray situation. for the members up north, uh, my family members up north, right. it says, for salvation, for, yeah. There's no punctuation there. Pray for the family members up north for salvation. Okay. The situation in Europe right. and our country's leaders. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we just uh, want to hold Bob's family up, his son and him, and all those involved, the mother involved, and um, it's it's quite a thing to go through. Uh, a lot of people here have first-hand experience with that lately. And uh, Ron and included, and of course Ray, lost his wife, and others that I may not know about. And uh, Jarrett, my son, uh, he's got dental issues and a tumor removed and situation there. He's in Florida, South Florida. Of course, we always want to remember our friends uh, Eric uh, down in the uh, Wilmington area. Rex has uh, become quite reclusive. And uh, Ted, as he ages and still serves the Lord. And John, um, American Patriots. Okay. We lift those people up. And Jarvis, uh, uh, Jason Jarvis Jr., four year old, got bit by a tick. We pray. We're looking to pray for him and Ray. Um, sorry, I can't read that, Ray. The lost, the lost loved ones. Okay. And I'll give one People one. suffering from the... and hurting, I guess, maybe. I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Pray for all of the nitwits up in Washington, D.C. They straighten up. This country is mm. going downhill like crazy. It is. And of course, we have a lot of unspoken requests here, I'm sure. Things that are on our heart. Oh, the, ch the children being trafficked in molested. Okay. okay. All right, let's, let's pray. Uh, I don't know if we can reach there, right? But we'll try. Lord God, we come before you with humble hearts. We ask that you uh, take a look at our hearts as we take a look at your word because we know 
that unless we deal with the things in our lives, that it's hard for you to speak to us. Lord, we lift these people up, especially the family of Stephanie, Bob, and his son, and all those involved. And uh, Lord, we just ask a special blessing that you would use this time to uh, touch the lives of those that need you, need, need, you need to know you in a real way, like Bob has come to know you. He desires that for the rest of his family, all of his loved ones. He constantly prays for that. Lord, we just ask that you'd make that happen, even in this time of mourning, that uh, they would sense your presence and want to know you and uh, have the, the witness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. For each person here that we've mentioned, you know their hearts, you know their needs, especially this little boy that's bitten and has Lyme's disease, and especially for Eric and Rex and Ted and John, and for all the American patriots and my son, Jared, I pray for each one of us here that uh, we didn't come here because we were hungry for food, although it's wonderful. But we come here because we're hungry for you. We ask that you touch us and reveal yourself to us through your word. Lord, we have blinders on most of the time. And we pray that you lift that blinder off of our eyes and help us to see what you'd have us see so that we can be what you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're looking here at a, an interesting part of the Scripture. All of it's interesting. But especially in John's Gospel, there's a lot of uh, significant things that, uh, of course, are very important. Uh, and we looked at that first verse, and it says, Jesus passed. He saw a blind man that was blind from birth. Um, you think about the blindness of all humanity. Uh, he wasn't just physically blind. Yeah. He was spiritually blind. Uh, Jesus said that uh, we're condemned already before we believe. We're born. We, we have, uh, we're born with a, with a sinful spirit. We have a spirit, but we go our way. And, uh, and, uh, and Jesus said, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom of God. But, uh, it's, 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 you know, there's always a meaning behind the verse besides exactly what it says. And the interesting thing here is, uh, it was pointed out, particularly that this man was blind. And his, his disciples said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, and Jesus goes ahead and says, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Okay, now we know that one of the critical things about Jesus coming here and being born a man and living 
his life and being raised up as a boy and and becoming um, uh, the the sacrifice for us. Um, uh, we know that uh, that one of the things that he had to do was manifest himself as who he was. And he says over and over again, especially in John, that if you've seen me, you've seen God. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's going to tell us, man, in a little while, the same thing. But we're born in, into this world, and we're sinners, and it's not because our parents sinned or because uh, we sinned. We're just born sinners. And uh, uh, God, in His mysterious ways, has designed that so that we have a choice to, to know Him or not. And uh, He says, I must do the works of Him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Uh, I guess he's prophetically thinking about the time when um, he's not here, or, uh, late, uh, uh, over here, and you won't have to turn there, but the 12th chapter of uh, John, the 8th verse, 8th chapter, 12th verse, he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So if you cross-reference that over to what he just said here, um, he has to work while, while it's light. Okay, um, He's the light of the world. He must do the work that he must do. And then after he's gone, uh, if we follow him, we actually become a beacon of light for the world. Uh, he says in another chapter that um, we're the salt of the earth, we're the light of the world. No man puts a light under a bushel. You know, you don't light it and hide it. You can't hide it. You ever, you ever go into a deep, dark place and just even a match will show for miles. I know um, in the Navy, as you well know, um, if you're standing on the bridge of a reasonably sized ship, you can see 50 miles. You can see a cigarette lit for 50 miles. And uh, it's in the darkness. I mean, the cigarette don't put out much light. That's what they told us, so you don't smoke outside after dark, you know, uh, if you're going to smoke. Uh, but the reason is, you know, that watch standing up there with those binoculars, constantly combing the horizon, <coughs> uh, can see uh, the faintest light. And so as we are the light of the world, we're the witness of Christ now. We're His hands, His feet, His eyes. Uh, our light shines and we uh, we need to realize that uh, the world around us is lost and what we do and say matters and uh, and be you know willing to follow him he says in, in verse 12 there um, if uh, you follow me you shall not walk in darkness well that of course, means that you're going to understand the scripture and you're going to understand what's going on in the world because you're following him. Um, but you not only won't walk in darkness, but you have the light of life. So, um, <clears throat> important stuff. Um, as long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. 
Okay, so that indicates, you know, when he's gone, he transfers that light to us. Now, I know that the Holy Spirit works in ways we cannot, and and through and Jesus does through the Holy Spirit. But, but uh, I would say, pretty much, if we don't respond to to what God has told us to do, it hinders His work in the world. And, uh, and it says uh, in the sixth verse it says when. When this he had spoken, uh, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle and anointed uh, the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is to be interpreted sent. And he went away, therefore, and washed his eyes and came seeing. So, uh, isn't that kind of like we are? We, we see, we receive... Of uh, uh, an indication through the Holy Spirit uh, about God, and, you know we're all saved here, uh, and but then we have to act on it. You know it's not enough. It's not enough just to know. Knowledge is important, but you're not saved by knowledge. You're saved by grace through faith. So it took faith for this guy to go wash and uh, and his and receive his sight. And there's another example where he had healed some lepers. And he said, go to the priest, which was the, 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 uh, the law. Go to the priest and let, show him that you have been cleansed, and he'll declare you clean. So it took an act of faith. It, says, it said in that particular case, on their way while they were going, they were healed. What if they had just stood there and said, uh, I don't know about this. You think they would have been healed? Probably not. If this guy hadn't gone and washed his eyes out, you think he'd have received his sight? Probably not. So, what about us? When we are faced with, maybe we're not blind and we don't have to go wash our eyes out, but what about the decisions we make daily that demonstrate that we have faith in God? And if we say, I don't know about that, I don't think I want to do that, then God can't work through us, not only that, but He can't uh, grow our faith because we've, we've uh, uh, not done the simple. Usually it's not this complicated, it's simple. You know? it, uh, but uh, some things that we have to back away from are not simple. They do require obedience and faith, but uh, if we're not be if we're not willing to do the things God said to do like this, then we're not demonstrating faith in our lives. And it's and in verse eight it says, "And the neighbors therefore, uh, and they which uh, which." before had seen him, that he was blind, said, uh, is this not the man that sat and begged? And some said, uh, this is he. And others said, this is, uh, him, this is like him, but not him. Um, now, this is another demonstration of, of uh, faith. Uh, here you got a guy that, I mean, it wasn't his twin brother. 
but they're 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 hedging on this. They're hedging, you know. Well, he looks like the guy that was begging there for forty years, but I don't, I'm not sure that was him. <laughs> I mean, that's being pretty obstinate. But others said, yeah, that's that's him. So, so the uh, you know they want more more verification than that. It's, Therefore they said unto him, How is it that thine eyes were opened? And he answered, A man is called Jesus, made clay, and anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash, and when I washed, I received my sight. Then they said then they then said they unto him, Where is he? And I, I, it says, I don't know. And you know uh, because why don't he know? Because when Jesus anointed his eyes with clay, he was blind. And he went. Jesus didn't follow him. So, uh, so they said unto him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. And they brought him to the Pharisees, and, and uh, who aforetime was blind. And uh, it was on the Sabbath, and when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And then again, the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight, and he said unto them, he put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Therefore, uh, said some of them, the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he kept not the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do miracles? And there was a division among them. And you see there, how many divisions there are here? There's like three divisions already up until chapter 8, or verse 18. People, I'm not sure this guy was blind. This may not be the guy, you know. And here we have, here we have a division between those that say he couldn't be of God. He's he's healing on the Sabbath. You couldn't do that, you know, in their way of thinking. And before that, you know, uh, the decision whether to go and wash at all that this man had to make. So. Um, but the Jews did not believe concerning him and that he had been blind and, and had received his sight until they called his parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who, who ye say it was born blind? How, is it, how then does he now see? And his parents answered and said, We know this is our son, and we know that he was born blind. But by what means he seeth, we, do, we know not, nor whom hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He can speak for himself. Okay, uh, now they'd already, the Pharisees had already put out a rule. If you uh, attribute anything to Jesus, you're going to be put out of the synagogue. Okay, that would tantamount to having your all your electronic devices cut off, your 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 credit cards, uh, your access to stores, your automobile wouldn't work. I mean, this is this this right here is a death bill for Jewish people. If they if they're put out of the temple, <coughs> uh, they might as well go to another country. So they're not gonna they're not gonna admit anything here. So. Uh, these words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews, and the Jews had already had agreed already that if any man 
did confess that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Then his parents said of him, of his age, ask him. He's of age, ask him. And again they called the man who was blind and said unto him, Give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Now, what man is he talking about? Is he talking about Jesus or is he talking about the blind man? says, give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. <clears throat> okay, chances are this guy didn't get to go to the temple or worship. So he was classified as a sinner. It wasn't Jesus they were speaking of. And he answered and said unto him, whether he was a sinner or not, I know not. But one thing I know, wherein I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he to thee? How did he open thine eyes? Now this is where the man gets pretty sarcastic, and he's almost taunting them. And he answered and said, I told you already, and you did not hear. Therefore, would you hear it again? Will you be one of his disciples? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that said out there, he, he's tired of this. He's tired of, of, of his life in general so far. And he's tired of answering the same question 30 times probably by now. And two times in a row, the Pharisees, and he says, says, I told you, and you do not hear. Now that's the same thing Jesus said to the Pharisees. I told you, you don't even hear. You're not hearing me. Aren't you listening? Why do you not hear me? You know, I speak clearly. Even a guy that's not Jesus is saying the same thing. Then they marveled at him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are of Mo- we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, but this fellow we know not whence he is. Uh, and they were looking for two messiahs, probably. It's been surmised. They were looking for a suffering messiah and a victorious messiah. And so far, they, their eyes were so blind, they couldn't see what he'd done that signified he was the Messiah at this point. And the man answered and said unto them, Why therein is a, it, uh, why herein is a marvel, a marvelous thing, that ye know not whence he is from, and yet he hath opened my eyes. He's saying, you're supposed to be the top dogs here and you don't even know where this guy's from and he's going around doing these miracles all over the place. Of course, that, that made him, they made him all right, all right. Now we know that God heareth not a sinner, but if this man be worshipped, uh, if, if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he heareth him. And what he's saying to the Pharisees, if you do God's will and worship Him, you're going to hear from Him. And you don't hear from Him. Since the world began, uh, has it not heard of that a man opened the eyes of one who was blind from birth? If this man is not of God, he could do nothing. 
And they answered him and said, Thou wert altogether born in sin, and dost teach us. And they cast him out. So, this is the you know, here's one thing that puzzles me about Christianity, Christian life as I know it. Uh, Jesus said, in the world you have persecution. If you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. You know, you're going to, these things are going to, well, you know, I've lived 76 years. I haven't had a lot of persecution. I follow God, but I'm, I'm wondering why I don't have a lot of persecution for my faith. And I look at our society, and for the last, what, 250 years, Americans haven't been persecuted for believing very much. I mean, isolated incidents uh, of persecution by maybe crazy people. But generally speaking, even right now, I mean, you're going to get some blowback, but you're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to lynch you or drag you behind a truck or, or, uh, you know, take you, uh, uh, the worst thing it can get is maybe some criticism or some, you know, but, um, <clears throat> so here's a believer in Christ and he's not yet maybe, or he is, and he's going to be confirmed here in a minute by Jesus, but he's, he's getting a lot of persecution here for this because they put him out of the synagogue. And he, you know, he's just now getting to the place where he can go to the synagogue. And so Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he, when he found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe that I on the Son of God? And you see that big on right there. Believe on. Believing in is one thing. I believe in George Washington. I don't believe on George Washington. A big difference. And if you'll notice throughout the scripture, it says that over and over again. In Romans, it says in the last chapter, last 30th verse of the third chapter of Romans, it says that the Jews are saved by faith and the Gentiles are saved through faith. I don't know exactly what the difference is, but it probably has something to do with the church age. Anybody got any comments up here? Go back to verse verse three. In this chapter, yeah, it says there that uh, he hadn't sinned, his parents hadn't sinned, and neither had everybody sinned. Mm-hmm. Well, he he said that wasn't for that cause. He didn't say they hadn't sinned. He said they weren't blind. He, the man wasn't blind for that cause. For that cause. Uh, and, and, and he said, why, did, why is this man allowed to be blind from birth? And it says, so that God's glory will be manifest. So that God's works will be manifest. Now, remember, one of the um, prophecies is he, he raised the dead, he healed the blind, he caused the lame to walk, you know, he cast out demons. These are four or five major signs in Isaiah and other prophets that predict the coming of Christ and his presence on earth. And that's one of them, healed the blind. We have accounts of all those. He did all those things, of course, many, many times over. I think it says in Mark, 
uh, at the end of Mark, it could be uh, at the end of one of the Gospels, it says if what Christ had done was put in books, every library in the world could not contain it. You know, and I think that's probably an understatement. Even our most powerful computers that do a million giga jigs a, a, a second couldn't contain what Christ. Because when you get down to the nitty gritty, Christ knows every cell in your body, and he he knows everything about. I mean, it's incomprehensible to me how he can. You know, I know that he does, and I believe it. But how he does it, I don't know. I mean, when when it says the hair of your head is numbered, a sparrow doesn't fall, but he doesn't know it. He created the universe. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, isn't that a lot to take care of? I mean, down to the cells in your body, the, you know, and probably even below the molecular. Yeah, we don't even know body. about yet. I mean, we haven't even discovered below. Yeah, so. outside at night, look at the stars, how many they are, and then look at it again at night vision and look at it. Yeah. And he knows all of them by name. Yeah. How in the world? It's one of the things that the heavens declare as glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's coming a day when that's going to be gone. And it's not long. Uh, he's going to take away the sun, the moon, and the stars. And there'll be no light except his presence. Mm-hmm. And there won't be any night. It's amazing. Okay, I think we were down to... Um, we'll pick it up at 35. Oh, uh, no, we were there answering. We'll go to 37. And, and Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and as he that's talking to you. Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God, did he? Or God. He never claimed to be, except right here in about 40, 11 other places. If you don't, if you're like a Pharisee and you can't believe your own eyes, you're not going to see this. You're gonna, you're gonna, I mean, how many scholars, PhD, THD, uh, theological logians, <laughs> I mean, that have 50 letters behind their letters, they can't see that Jesus said he was God. And it's a funny thing, I only have a high school education. I see that right there. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> but anyway, um, and he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Now, if he wasn't God, and he received this man's worship, that's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the angels, when they appeared to people in various places in the Bible, and people like Peter and Paul, Peter and uh, uh, and Paul, was it when they went in to uh, Thessalonica and they heal they healed the man, and they wanted to worship and offer sacrifices, and and they and they ripped their clothes and said. We're just men like you. Don't worship us. I mean, you're putting yourself and me in a bad spot here. And, uh, and you know, they, they wanted, it was Mars. They, they thought Mars had come down. Mars and Apollo had come down in, in bodily form. And I forget what miracle they did. But, it, uh, but and angels, when they appeared in Revelation in various places, would not receive worship. I'm just, I'm just a servant like you, they said. Don't worship me. Uh, Daniel tried to worship the 
the uh, the angel when he brought the message to him there in Daniel three, and he, he, you know, he said, don't worship me, you know. But it's a funny thing right here. Jesus received his worship, and Jesus said, "For judgment, for judgment, I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind." Uh, what does that mean? Turn okay. them over to a reprobate mind. Yeah. Well, here's the Pharisees yeah. that see, but they're blind. And here's this guy, like me. I'm blind and I can see. I was born blind. I can see. Why? Jesus allowed me to see into His Word. And that's why His Word is so important in our lives. That's why if we don't get in His Word, we're going to be somewhat blind in the, the way we manage our lives. It's going to say something like there are none so blind as those that will not see. Exactly. Yeah. They see, but they don't believe. How can you not? I mean, look at this creation account. I mean, where did this thing just magically appear? You know, first there was nothing and nothing exploded. Now there's everything. Wow. Yeah, that don't work in my mind. It can't work. Mm. You can look at nature just in a sunset or a sunrise mm -hmm. and see his majesty, mm -hmm. see his hand stroke. It's also complex. We can't recreate none of that. That's right. You couldn't. And, and you know, when, when that happens and you do that and you do that every day and you see that and you think, wow, you know what that is? That's worship. That's, you know, a, a lot of people think going to church and worshiping. I think there's, I go to church, it's important. But I think that probably there's a lot less worship going on there than there is when you say, man, <laughs> look what you did. You know, <clears throat> that's worship. When you, when you come to a realization in your life of something that God has done for you and maybe something you specifically asked for, and you say, man, I can't believe that I believe that what He did... <laughs> That's worship. That's, and that's so important in our lives. You look at the diversity of life. You know, I used to dive a lot. And in the Gulf of Siam, I dove in the coral reefs. And you know about coral reefs and the, the fish. And the, the colors are just so... And it's like, he could have made everything black and white, but he'd never known the difference. But it was, it's like, holy smokes, look at that fish. It's just amazing. It is. It birds. Is. Look at the colors of the birds and the parrots and stuff like that you see. The crazy birds of paradise. I wonder why. There's every different shade of orange and yellow. I know. And none of it could be created by man. Just looking at it, I would hold my breath as long as I could to stay down there to look at one piece of coral. Oh, yeah. You know those little polyps that come up out of the coral? Mm -hmm. And you go down there and touch them and they yeah. pull themselves yeah. way down. I remember once out there diving and I was just looking down. And I swam, almost swam into a Portuguese man of war. You know, they had tentacles that came down probably 30 or 40 feet. And then a friend of mine grabbed my leg and he pointed in front of me. And there was all these things in the water there that I thought were eels. They were the poisonous sea snakes. And it's like, and then the cones, you know, the beautiful cones, they have a dart near there, highly poisonous. And then you get out of there and then you walk around in the jungle. There's these little pit vipers, these little green one-steppers. 
And there's pythons and cobras, and it's like a lot of bad things out there. And I missed all that stuff. I never got nailed by it. But the diversity of life is all I'm saying. Mm. It's just amazing. Yeah, and this is probably like an essence of what it was before the flood, mm -hmm. you know, or before the fall. Yes. I mean, what we're what we're gonna get when we see God and when He restores this world. I mean, we're probably gonna think it was in black and white. Hmm. Comparatively, didn't Paul say something? Seeing things he couldn't even talk about. Wasn't allowed to mention. Yeah. John two his mouth was shut. Mm -hmm. John two when he was given revelation, mm -hmm. his mouth was shut to some things. I have a question that's been sitting in the back of my mind concerning my daughter <laughs> Stephanie. Did she realize that she died after she died? I mean, I know absent from the body, present from the Lord. I think so. But I mean, is there a total awareness? Yeah, that, I think so. And she just woke up and said, this is not where I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, even though your mortal body goes, who you are never dies. That's right. Yeah. And no. Uh, Do they, you think at that time they're scared? Or just... I don't know. Um, if if you die and you're in the presence of the Lord, I'm sure that there's a good deal of comfort, uh, because it says Paul said that uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain, and uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, so I, I'm sure that if you're a believer, there's no regrets at that point. Um, now, as far as now, we know from this is of course pre-cross. Uh, uh, Abraham's bosom with Lazarus and the rich man died. Uh, we know that there was definitely a difference between what they were experiencing. Lazarus was Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. The rich, the rich man was in Hades or Sheol. Sheol, and he was not comfortable. He just wanted somebody to put a drop of water on his tongue, and he was very conscious of what was going on. And uh, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that was before the cross. Uh, Jesus uh, went down and led captivity captive, which were pre-resurrection uh, uh, saints all the way back as far as you can go. If Adam was in there, he, he was uh, probably was. He was waiting. John the Baptist hadn't been there very long, and he probably said, "Get ready, it's not going to be long." <laughs> and uh, he led them. Captivity, and it also says those that which were sometimes disobedient before the flood. Now we're going to look at this in this next verse, next two verses. It says, "So the Pharisees, so some of the Pharisees which uh, were with him and heard these words, said unto him, Are we blind also?" And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. Okay, now think about this: the people. Before the flood, they had no sin. They were sinners, but they had no sin. Why? Because the law wasn't given. The law yet. wasn't given. There was no consequences for sin. That's why Jesus went down there and preached to them right. at that point and led captivity captive. Where? To heaven. Yeah. And, and, and it says, but now that you say we see, see, they were proclaiming that they see, therefore your sin has remained. And it, he goes on uh, later uh, 
to rebuke the Pharisees and, and, and the Sadducees and the lawyers of being unable to reconcile. He told them, you will die in your sins. I mean, that's an, that's an I mean, those guys are looking back right now and saying, man, we should have listened. You know, uh, what the reason why this whole thing went south is because the Jews were trying to keep the law in order to be saved. Mm -hmm. Can't be done. Yeah, you can be saved if you keep the law. I'll, I'll say that. You can be. Uh, there's provision. But guess what? You can't keep it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you just can't keep it. And uh, even on your best five seconds mm -hmm. of your life, can you keep enough law to be saved? And, uh, and I can't even think of the best five seconds I ever had, but, um, but you know, when you're walking in this world and, and the stuff that comes at us every day, every single day, and, you know, the devil, you say, well, some people think there's a, there's a demon behind every bush. There is. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Christian, they're out to, to, to demoralize you, to run you down, to keep you from where you need to be by, uh, they have some kind of access to influence you. I don't know how. I don't know how that works exactly, but I know it's true. I know it's true. And the minute you start getting a little peace, here it comes. Mm -hmm. And then you have to exercise faith. And you have to say, I'm not buying that. I wish I did every time. Today I got so aggravated. Uh, I woke up this morning, no phone. It took me two hours to talk to a person. And I was so aggravated. But then this nice girl came on the phone, genuinely nice and sympathetic, calmed me right down. I thought, what the heck? I didn't cuss her or anything like that. I didn't even, I didn't even act hateful. But I, in my spirit, I was aggravated. And uh, because, you know, you try to do everything you're supposed to do right, you don't come out. But, you know, the devil is after you. I mean, he's not so much after the unbeliever. He's already got them. He's after you. Right. Yeah, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against rules of darkness. And thrones, thrones, dominions, and orders of angels. Ranking orders of angels. They're the ones that... One third of the demons that came out of heaven you know, were the ones that harass us yeah. all the time. Yeah, you know, even 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 if you try to keep the law, there are secret thoughts that you. Yeah, you can you dream? You can dream. I don't know how you can be held who, accountable who was, for who was, dreaming. Who, who was praying? I can't remember who prayed. Said, uh, it's in Psalms or somewhere. Uh, I used to be able to find all that stuff. Mm -hmm. to, uh, uh, talking about revealing his secret thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, because we're blind, he's, I mean, everybody lives in a box. And the, and the most important thing to realize is you do live in a box. Mm -hmm. Because if you know you live in a box, you're always looking out. And, and that's one of the things, you know. You know, and some of the things that are, are so small and so insignificant, you don't even notice that you just said or did something. Mm -hmm. You know, an attitude. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy. You know, that's why I, these people that uh, believe that you can lose your salvation, and they say, and they talk about, well, you know, if I've lived like a, 
so many weeks without sin or whatever they say and I've heard them say mm -hmm. and they don't know what sin is not a clue mm -mm. no well the, you know the only beautiful thing about like it says in uh, John first John uh, chapter 3 it says that if you are a believer you can't sin but what that means is your sins are wiped out and they're already you're already saved from all the sins you're ever going to commit yep. and, you know and you say well how can that be i just accepted christ you know umpteen years ago and well he didn't know you were going to sin didn't he die for you before you were born and for your sins your sins are gone you know uh, even the ones that you think you're not going to do they're gone already they're forgiven anyway. And it says that God puts them in the depths of the sea. Yeah. As far as the east is from the west. Yeah, he remembers them no more. So uh, I think what John is talking about in the third chapter there is that if you're a believer, you can't sin. It's the same thing in Romans. Um, look at Romans 8. Very interesting because uh, it's one of the most intriguing, probably the, the central part of the Bible as far as Christianity goes, as far as understanding, because it's, it's kind of confusing, but if you don't put this in the right context, it can be. Now, a lot of people say in verse 1, chapter 8, that the last uh, verse, part of the verse there is not, is, is copied in, is not belonging that says, therefore there's no condemnation of them that are rich in Christ Jesus. And this part, they say, was, was copyrighted in, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, because it says the same thing down here in verse uh, 4. But I don't believe that. I believe that's part of the verse. Mm -hmm. for, the law, for the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus. It hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Now, it's going to sound later on like in this thing like, well, you had it and you lost it. Because it's going to say, if you sin... You have enmity with God. Well, if I'm saved, how do I have enmity? Well, it's because you got to relate this verse right here. For the spirit of, for uh, the law is the spirit of life in Jesus Christ, and He's made you free. Okay, remember, if you're free, none of that replies to you. None of that stuff down here, enmity, doesn't apply to you. But the way it reads. And the way I read it for years is, oh, great. Oh, no. Oh, great. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, how you, it's how you look at what's said. You got to, seems like I had to read this. I wrote, I actually wrote Romans 8 on paper over 100 times one time just so I could try to grasp what it said. And I never did. <laughs> I mean, somewhat better, but it's so deep, you know. And this whole chapter right here, but... Um, but it said it, it says uh, uh, down in uh, verse, if so be ye in Christ, uh, is another one of them. Um, this this adoption thing is in here. Mm -hmm. It says because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for uh, it is not subject to the law, neither can it be. Uh, so they that are of the flesh cannot please God. Okay, now when it says of the flesh, that, what I thought, well, well, I'm a Christian and now I'm fleshed out. No, that's not what it means. 
It means if you're, if you're in the flesh, that means you're not saved. If you're in the spirit, if you're saved, you're in the spirit, whether you want to be or think you are or not. You are in the spirit. And remember that, that throughout scripture, if you're saved, you're in the spirit. You're not under the law. And you, you, you know, all this stuff. Where it says carnally minded, that's not you. If you're in the spirit, you're not carnally minded. You do carnal things, but you're not carnally minded. A saved person is not. And your conscience and this Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. Sure. And if you keep it up, I think God will take you out to the woodshed. I believe you're right. To those who he definitely will take you to the woodshed. Yeah, to whom God loves. He chastens like a good father would, a yeah. human yeah. father would to his son or daughter. Yeah. You know, so I think that's kind yeah, of hard one. It says if, you're, if your earthly father chastens you after the flesh for, for no particular reason other than to help you grow up properly, just think what God's doing. Yeah. He's chasing you for your spiritual benefit. It says and if it you spare the child, or you spare the rod, you spoil the kid. Right. So wouldn't God want to keep leading you to more of a sanctification process? That's what it is. Yeah, it there's is. four phases in a Christian life, and sanctification is a long process. It, you know, The minute you get saved to the minute you die, you're being sanctified if you're in Christ. Because, and then... Glorification comes. And then, you know, when you think about Paul, he said, why do I do the things I don't want to do and the things I do do, I shouldn't be doing? You know, so he wrestled with that fleshly sure. nature. He was still clothed in that body of flesh. So we're going to have impure thoughts. We're going to get out on 81 for a few minutes, and pretty soon you're going to have a couple impure sure. thoughts. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it doesn't even have to be that. It can be, well, I woke up and I cut my phone off. Well... Uh, I went over to buy something at Walmart, and my ATM card didn't work. I know there's money in there. Why didn't it work? That's why I start laughing sometimes. <laughs> you go back and crawl on the other side of the bed and get out and start over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> good idea. It's a good idea. But, you know, um, it's not that we have these problems in our lives. It's how do you deal with them. And the only way you can deal with them is if you've got to stay in this. Somebody challenged me. Forty years ago, I said, you spend ten minutes a day in God's Word, and it'll change for a week, and it'll change your life. You know what? It does. And if I spend no time in God's Word, it's, it's like taking a step backwards on us. Uh, and you know, you can't deal with this stuff because this you you know you can't have uh, you can't have anxiety in your life and thankfulness at the same time. It don't work. Try it. It don't work. The minute things happen, start being thankful. And you can't do both. It's like trying to, you know, the pink elephant. Now try to think of something besides the pink elephant. And you can't do it because you're thinking about the pink elephant. Well, when you put another thought in your mind, the pink elephant goes away. Sometimes you got to wonder, too, why these things pop up in your life. Is it to grow us? Or did we not take the Word of God seriously and we made a wrong decision? Most people are in over their heads. You know, they're in trouble with finances or a lot of other things. FOMO, the fear of missing out. They're all jumping on that bandwagon trying to make more and more money. You know, and that's what gets so many people. You see these car lots around here just packed with repossessed cars now. And that's throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. And, and poor little, Ariel, not Ariel, but uh, Valentino. You know, those guys I know, they struggle. You know, they... I mean, it's very difficult now for it young is. people to get by. It is. 
And uh, they're not making any poor choices, although I didn't like the idea she went to Las Vegas on vacation. Well, but it's none of my business, you know, again. Yeah, but, you know, basically, they're hard workers. I know. They work hard. They spend, they, 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 and they're not sitting at home. You know, they're working hard. And, but uh, should, should you go on a vacation like that when well, you're raising a family? I know, I'm just um, throwing it out there to see what you think. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's much like like it says in that in, in Beckler here in uh, John nine. It says, uh, "Why did this happen to this man? Was he what, did his parents do something real goofy, or did he do something goofy? Well, he couldn't have done anything goofy. He wasn't born yet, you know. <laughs> so, um, so maybe he kicked his mom in the tummy too hard. I don't know, <laughs> but." But here's the point. Why did it happen? It says so that so that uh, God could be manifest. So things happen in your life, and they're not agreeable. But God has allowed it. Just look at poor Job. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong necessarily. He was a great guy. Just ask him. <laughs> that was just a great struggle because God knew his heart. That's the important thing here. God knows the content of our hearts. I know that. Mm-hmm. You know. No, well, man, no and, and, man or no, no other spirit or anything on the planet or universe can read your mind and know your heart. That's true. Like such God. as the Lord well, God. God. You don't even know your own mind. We don't even know it. And, and, but you see, here's the, thing, here's the thing. As good as, as, no, as uh, Job was, God had a plan to make him better. And not only better, but we, the Word of God would be a big blank without Job in there. My guess because is, it's important. My guess on that one was simple. The Lord knew Job's heart, and when Satan groveled in front of him and said, he'll cuss you, the Lord said, nope, he won't. I know his heart. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And let him put him through every manner of whatever you mm-hmm. can. We can't even no, fathom what that guy went through. And then look, he not only is he probably sitting there with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus, all of them. I guarantee he is. He didn't yeah, he, cuss he, God. Well, here's the thing, you know. First of all, it wiped out all of his livestock, different breeds at a time. It boils then all he, over. Then he took his his ten children, and for the life of me, I don't know why he didn't take his wife, but evidently he did. And uh, so, because she said, "Curse God and die," you know. And I've often wondered if she's not saying this from a point of view. Well, all you're doing is complaining. Why don't you just curse God and die? And she didn't really mean it was psych, uh, sarcastic, you know. I don't know. But she had to buy her 10 more children. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. She had to buy her 10 more children because he Got gave him back. 10 children back. He gave him 10 yeah. children back. Yeah. But, uh, you think she was happy with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. <laughs> Man, whatever you did before, don't be doing it again. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's t- wrap this up. If anybody's got anything to say, now's the time to do it. All right, um, Ron, would you would you close us in prayer, please? Our heavenly Father, we are thankful for being able to gather this evening. That we nourish ourselves not only with food, but Your Word. That Your Word strengthen us mm. and to help us to carry ourselves as believers, as patriots, as Americans. Lord, we're so grateful for today. Mm. We ask that you keep us safe, that you bless 
those on our prayer list this evening and that we are able to gather again next week that we may further our wisdom and strengthen our belief in you. In your heavenly name we ask it. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Hey, you know, I have a tree that's going to give us probably five